Today on Happy Business, we will be discussing domestic violence. If you need help or support, contact the National Domestic Violence Service on 1-800-RESPECT, which is 1-800-737-732. If you are in immediate danger, just call 000. Listeners seeking support can contact Lifeline on 131114 or Beyond Blue on 1300 Thank you. Now on Radio Italia Uno, it's time for Happy Business Radio with Peter Salerno, an hour where we have lots of fun with very interesting guests. We talk about how to start, build, and increase your business right now on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Yes, hello, 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 good morning, good afternoon and good night. And the reason why we say good morning, good afternoon and good night is because we here at Happy Business Radio are lucky enough to have people listening to us from about, what is it, 18, 20 different countries now, over 20 different countries. And uh, just want to say hello to everyone that's listening here in Adelaide and, of course, anywhere around Australia uh, on, um, every Monday afternoon from 2 to 3 Adelaide time and, of course, on our podcast. Thanks to Ron from Podcast City in Adelaide. He helps us to put this together as a podcast. And today we've got a real special guest, which I'll come to in just a minute. But before I go there, I just want to say thank you so much to the people who sent me emails in the last couple of weeks. Wow, I got a phone call as well from somebody overseas, which was really interesting because it was at their time and they rang me. And look, I, I honestly don't mind when people ring me and I got a couple of messages and I'm it was really good to hear a few weeks ago when we were talking to the people in Bhutan and then the guys in Malaysia and also from Turkey, the university in Turkey, we had a chap, he was from Uganda, was it Uganda and, and the Cameroons, there were people from the Cameroons and a guy from the Cameroons actually sent me an email saying after he heard that, he was inspired to also try and teach somebody else the program. And what is really, really interesting, this young man in Malaysia who was a gamer and like he just 12, 15, 20 hours a day he would spend on the computer doing gaming with other people around the world. His parents were at wit's end trying to stop him to do this and they got doctors, psychiatrists, psychologists, the counsellors, the school counsellors and everybody else. And eventually this kid learnt about this run link and he said, well, what is that? And all of a sudden now he's teaching other people at his school but what was really interesting, one of the teachers at his school um, who has now gone to another school has said to this kid, if you come to our school, we are going to give you a scholarship. So this guy in Malaysia has got a scholarship to a university college because he's teaching the class this run-link technology. You know, I, I can't think of any better way than making this a better place, you know. So um, that's fantastic. And thank you. Uh, I know these guys listen regularly to our podcast. So thanks, guys, for doing that. And please let me know any of these stories, like the chaps in Nepal who are teaching the guys at the orphanage how to use a computer. 
and they've only got one computer in the whole orphanage and there's 23 students sitting around this one computer learning how to do this technology. This is like, it's beyond, for me, it's fantastic. And of course, some of the business people that we have here today in regularly talking about how they run their business, why they run the business, what they learned from the business. And remember we had a few weeks ago, we had a guy in here talking about that and people have said that it's helped them in their business just to be reminded, you know. Thanks, Matt, for coming in. Pleasure's all mine, as always. Yep, and Ron's here with us as well doing the podcasting. But today, our special guest is uh, Mel- Melody Horrell. Melody has been in Adelaide television personality for a long, long, long time. And at the moment, she's living in Melbourne. And uh, we miss you here in Adelaide. Oh. <laughs> but oh. welcome to our Happy Business Radio on Radio Italia Uno. Thank you so much for inviting me, Peter. Very excited to be here. Oh, look, thank you. We're we're equally excited because the the thing that, you know, I've been doing laughter and laughter therapy for a long, long time. And a lot of my, you know, friends that do counselling, coaching and all that sort of stuff. When we talk to people in business, they say to us, oh, we've got a moral problem. We've got a, you know, we've got an issue here. We've got a, a morale problem. We've got this problem or that problem or somebody's been sexually abused or has been doing something or claimed uh, some sexual connotation. Now, sometimes the, the, it just totally goes over the top of the boss's heads, you know. They, they say, oh, look, you should be all right. You know, they talk to other women or talk to other men and they say, look, what's wrong with you? That without really realising that some people have had different backgrounds or different upbringings or uh, have been in different situations. Now, I was really inspired to read your story that was in the Weekender. So, Melanie, what I'd like you to do is just tell us a little bit about your story. And I know you said you don't mind, but this is quite touching. And some people may be affected by this. Just Sure, Peter. Um, and I, Well, I hope that some people, one of the reasons why I wrote this story was there were two reasons for it. One was to help the Port River Dolphins and raise awareness about the issues there. And secondly, this is something that I really haven't talked about publicly uh, pretty much all through my public career at least. Mm -hmm. My very close friends know, but I felt it was time to put everything down on paper in the hope that someone out there I guess it touches them and they get something from it. They get some hope and, and see, see some light from it if they've been in a similar situation. So I can just launch into it if you like, Peter. Yes, please. Uh, basically, my parents uh, brought my brother and I out from the UK in 1976. Uh, I had two sisters. They chose to stay in England at the time. They're nine years older than, my, than me. We came out to Australia, went to Adelaide and one of the reasons why my sisters decided to, to stay in England was because there'd been a pretty nasty history of family violence in our home and uh, it wasn't a happy place generally. When I came out to Australia with my brother, I remember being quite scared about the future and concerned about what was going to happen here, having grown up in that environment back in England. Mm-hmm. We moved to South Brighton in South Australia. Brought us, my father brought us more house. He was an engineer. And essentially, without going into the, the gory uh, details, it was pretty horrific. There was uh, constant domestic violence in our house. My mother knew how to press my dad's buttons. He always... <laughs> exploded his response was always explosive 
it was not a happy home. My brother and I were often caught in the crossfire of that violence, so ended up with bruises and bloody noses, trying to break up the fights between my mum and my dad, and they always escalated on Christmas Day. Christmas Day was just always the worst day of the year for me. And I was a young girl and it got to a point where when i just turned 16, there'd been a particularly vicious brawl uh, between my mother and father at home and she had a blood nose and I said to her, listen, we just have to, we have to leave. Someone's going to die. And that's very much how I felt. The police were constant visitors at our house and, of course, the kids at school found out that they were constant visitors at our house, so school was no solace. In fact, I copped a lot of ribbing from the kids because the cops were always at our house trying to break up the fights between my my parents. And uh, so at 16, I basically left uh, with my mum. My brother went into nursing at the Royal Adelaide Hospital and found a place to live. My mum and I moved into a very small flat in Glenelg and we stayed there for a little bit until my father started stalking us. He found out where we lived, started stalking the flat. And then when we told the police this, they essentially said, well, it's probably best that you try and split up. So therefore mum left and I stayed in the flat. And I had nothing. I had to drop out of school year 11, at the end of year 11, and had to go and find odd jobs. I was waitressing. I was cleaning windows. I was doing all sorts of things to try and make ends meet. And one day, my mum dropped over some washing. Uh, I opened the door. Dad ran up behind her. He'd been stalking the house. And he stabbed her in the face with a corkscrew. She fell into the flat, uh, screaming in agony, I grabbed a towel, it's as clear as day, even though it happened many years ago, removed this corkscrew from her face, then suddenly realised, of course, that I hadn't locked the front door. Went to the front door and there was my father lying in a pool of blood, self-inflicted wounds to his throat. So obviously I rang the police and the ambulance and then the rest of the day was a blur. Media turned up, the police turned up, ambulance turned up. They both survived. My I saved my father's life and went to hospital. Uh, he was uh, charged uh, with assault to intent, grievous bodily harm. I, being the only witness to what happened, had to testify against him in the Supreme Court wow. where he stood in the docks and held abuse at me for testifying against him. And he was sent to jail for 18 months. Now, during that time, I decided that the only way to get out of this awful situation, and it really felt pretty hopeless. I I hadn't finished my schooling. My family was in a mess. Uh, I was in a pretty dark place. uh, And I had to make a choice to either just let the misery take me or to try and turn my life around. So I made the conscious choice to try and turn my life around. And I thought that the only way I could do that would be to go and complete my education. So I enrolled in TAFE part-time to do year 12. I was still working and supporting myself in this little flat. And over two years, uh, I managed to complete my year 12. But in that period of time, my father was released from prison. And shortly before my final exams, he took his own life at the fa- back at the family home. And that was a relief in many ways because it was over. Yeah, the, wow. The threat, the violence was over. 
and uh, I could breathe a sigh of relief and so could my mother, really. So at that point, I'd finished my year 12. I got a high enough school to get into university. I decided to go and do a degree in communication with a major, not surprisingly, in psychology. (laughs) (laughs) Fix thyself. (laughs) Indeed. Well, I wanted to try and learn more about what was going on, what had happened, and a little bit more about the human condition, I guess. Mm. And I also uh, majored uh, in environmental studies as well. So I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do, but I was terrified at being at university. I had always been told by my father that I was never going to make anything of myself, Mm. that my life was meaningless and that I was a complete mistake. So How right was was he? (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Peter. So going to university. Totally wrong. <laughs> thank you. It 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 was it scared me because I was questioning my ability to do it. I mm. thought maybe I can't do this. Maybe my father's right. So drowning out that voice in my head <sighs> hard. took a real effort. <laughs> Look, I I tell you, um, I just got to say, unfortunately, uh, with my work, the coaching that I do, I've worked with a lot of people in this situation. You know, I come from an Italian background. And, you know, it, this happens in England, happens in Italy, happens in every country in the world, you know. And at the moment, it's, there's a lot of publicity about it, you know. But years ago, you had no support. You had no help. Well, what we're going to do, we're going to take a break. But I want to come back and just talk about the hopelessness of it and how people today who are listening to this, how they can get help and how we can help them to do something about it. All right. So we'll come straight back. Looking for a new coffee machine for your home or workplace? Look no further than Fine Choice Coffee Solutions, your experts in all things coffee. Why not come in for a chat and a special coffee tasting? You'll find us at 264 Gilbert Street in the city. Mention Radio Italia Uno and you will receive a free 250 gram bag of freshly roasted coffee beans. You can also shop online at www.fccoffee.com.au where you'll find our large range of premium roasted coffee beans, coffee machines, accessories, hot chocolates, teas and lots, lots more. I'm Danielle from Fine Choice Coffee Solutions, your one-stop shop for all things caffeine. I'm Anna Faruja of Chapel Funerals. My role as a funeral director is to guide you through the emotional process of saying goodbye to someone you love. I'm here to help you make all the necessary arrangements so that you and your family may have peace of mind and time to remember and celebrate the life of the person you've lost. When the time comes, I'm here for you. So please call me, Anna Faruja, at Chapel Funerals on 81825100. Hi, this is David Heath, and I'm excited to be bringing my program Soundtrack of Your Life to Radio Italia Uno. Join me Friday nights at 7 for interesting guests, some great music, and plenty of fun. It's the best way to kick off the weekend. Soundtrack of Your Life, Friday nights from 7 until 9 on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Ti piace la musica? Hai voglia di metterti in gioco? Entusiasmo e personalità non ti mancano? Radio Italia 1 sta cercando te. 
Chiama l'82-12-3177 e anche tu avrai la possibilità di entrare a far parte del nostro team. Radio Italia 1, diamo voce alla tua voce. Radio Italia 1 Hi, I'm Matt McQuinley and you're listening to Happy Business with Peter Salerno. Thank you, Matt. And of course, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. And thank you to all our sponsors. I'd like to say, please support the people that support us. We have some great sponsors to our program and great sponsors to our radio show. And of course, our Radio Italia Uno here in Adelaide, 87.6. Um, we're on 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, when we <laughs> I have to say that, but I'm saying when we don't get cut off or something like that, but every so often there's a bushfire and we get cut off, there's too heat and we get cut off, there's a wind <laughs> blowing in the wrong direction. But look, one of our new sponsors for this program is called La Bottega and they've opened a, a shop down at uh, uh, 181 to 183 Torrens Road, Ridlington, which is just out of the city. And it's beautiful continental shop. And they've got all the foods and all the biscuits and all the cakes and a lot of grocery items. But also they're opening up a pizza bar. And uh, as from this Friday, there'll be pizzas. They're offering a whole range of pizzas. So please, uh, when you're driving down at Torrens Road, stop at 181 Torrens Road and have a look at the shop. It's it's a beautiful little shop and the family there are fantastic. But we're talking with Marilyn Hollowell. So, Melody, thank you very much for being part of the show today. But it's the, a pleasure. Look, you know, I, I admire you and how you've bounced back out of this situation. And it's not easy. You know, you you were mentioning how your father put you down and you were, you, your uh, self-esteem would have been lower than the road, you know. Mm. And the fact is that you, you've come up and not only have you come up, but for many years you've been a personality on, on radio or TV presenter, you know, and, and mm. you, you need to have a lot of guts and courage to do that and you do it very well. But let's just go back for a minute because, you know, when you were going through all this hell as a young woman, you know, the police kept coming to your home. Did any of them ever suggest some help or some some organisation or something? Look, they may have suggested something to my mother, but that was never passed on to me. I was very young. Mm -hmm. This was happening uh, pretty much my entire life, and it wasn't till 16 that I basically put my foot down and took charge and said, Mum, we have to go. This cannot continue. Yeah, but at that point, when when the police said to you, oh, you have to split up, that doesn't make sense to me anyway. But, you know, together you're stronger than being by yourself. Well, I guess they were looking out for us. My father was, uh, as I I said, he was hanging outside the flat that we were living. He was keeping an eye on our movements. He would put on strange disguises when he was doing this. Mm -hmm. So the police were obviously concerned that I'm not sure that they could actually stop him from being in a public place. So Mm -hmm. they were concerned for our welfare. And I guess at the time that was the the most uh, obvious course of action for us to take from their perspective. So I don't blame the police at that point. They, They did the best that they could, I think. I, it's not the same situation where you have now, you've got lots of groups to support Mm -hmm. 
women and children in these kinds of situations. Uh, Shelters and stuff like that. Yeah, a, a telephone uh, helplines, yes. and there's a and people are talking about it a lot more now. Back then, domestic violence stayed in the house. It is not something you discussed. Yes, yes, I uh, understand. And culturally, culturally is a problem because you know if you've. Uh, uh, got a husband that beats you or a wife that beats you and and you know or harasses you or whatever like you know there are some very badly henpecked husbands and not no no not not to make a light of it but there are some husbands that are really really badly henpecked you know mm. um but in culture they say you made your bed you lie in it simple as that and different cultures can't seem to break out of this cycle you know and like you said your, your your brother and yourself put up with this for years and years and years and it's going to affect you emotionally. Oh, look, there's no doubt. As I said to you, there was overcoming my father's voice, weirdly enough, it wasn't the bruises, it was the psychological scars yes. that, he, that were left. And I, attempting to overcome those was really difficult. And I never actually intended falling into uh, television and and tv presenting I, I actually did fall into that as a result of my work with the dolphins mm-hmm. and i have to tell you i i struggled with my self-esteem it was difficult yeah. and self-confidence but i had to prove it to myself that i could do it in Excellent. spite of everything yep well that's what that's what the thing that i was going to talk about now there's no use talking about the, the sentencing and that side of things, but at university you were working with Dr. Mike Bosley. Sorry, Mark. Dr. Mike Bosley. He was one Mike, of my lecturers. Yeah, yeah. lovely guy. Uh, he was one of my first psychology lecturers, and he was also, uh, who well, he is also a marine biologist. Yes. And he took gave a class on uh, humans and their connection with nature, and how. As human beings, we always think of ourselves as something greater than the natural world, something that the natural world is something we can control, we can benefit from. But there has been this disconnection and disassociation with the natural world for many, many years mm-hmm. and how important it was to, for people to connect with the natural world. Yep. And he'd been studying the Port River dolphins for years and uh, was talking about this amazing group of dolphins in the Port River. And I was instantly hooked. I was in <laughs> I I really wanted to know more about this. So I ended up becoming his research assistant. He had a few student research assistants. I was one of them mm-hmm. over a three-year period mm-hmm. and went out every day. Well, it was actually every second day to see the dolphins in the Port River. And wow. I got to know those dolphins and That's they quite became a my family. That's quite a commitment. <laughs> well, yeah. he was the one with the boat. Yeah. <laughs> tagging along and sometimes driving it and sometimes um, making sure that everything was stable enough for him to document what he was seeing and what dolphins we were coming across and where they they were and what they were doing. Mm -hmm. So he was obviously the man with the commitment to go out there and study these these beautiful mammals for years and years mm. and a small group of us were there just to just to help him along really and to to also learn from him and learn from the dolphins mate. so for those for the people that didn't read your story because i've i've mentioned it before and some people have looked up looked it up tell us what you learned what you actually learned from the dolphins or what the dolphins taught you because that's where <laughs> that's where it changed your life hasn't it Oh, completely changed my life. So that's what we want I to know. Was, 
Okay. So I guess when I first met the dolphins, there were these uh, these groups of, of, of really highly intelligent mammals living in this polluted yet wonderful environment of the Port River. And for the first time, I guess I connected to something greater than myself. And I, I was suddenly thrust into this amazing world where these marine mammals uh, had social groups and they, they were highly organised, highly intelligent. I got to know them as family members, individuals. I became part of that world. And there was a, a particular dolphin by the name of Jock who was a solitary orphan dolphin who would spend all of his time circling the same boat and doing nothing else basically and we became friends with him and he was a he was a lost soul he wasn't accepted by the other dolphins he hadn't been socialized he'd been left uh, as a young dolphin by his mum something that obviously happened to his mum and so he connected with us and I have to say, when I met Jock, I just connected with him because I understood where he was coming from. Hey, that's like me. <laughs> Bird, yeah. Birds of a feather or dolphins of, birds of a feather. <laughs> yes, indeed. And I just saw this lost soul and I I was one myself. So we, I automatically connected with this completely wild creature that was spending time with myself and Mike and a few others for no other reason than to just hang out and to be a part of a group and feel connected. There was no, we never fed Jock, we never enticed him to do anything. He was there of his own free will, could come and go. But it was a magical experience. It, it taught me joy. I felt joy. Amazing? And I had, yeah. hadn't felt joy for many, many years. And this sense of relief and that, that there was something, there was something out there that I could connect with. There, there was a, a new world, there were things I could learn, things I could contribute to. And it just opened my eyes, opened my world and really opened my heart. Fantastic. I, I, I think that's, that's interesting because people in aged care and people, older people, uh, especially, say, in the Australian community, they, they get left. They get left behind. Their kids go into state or they work away and they don't get to see them as much as they'd like to. And they are lonely, and that's why people have pets. You know, mm. like you said, they connect with the pet, and they they get so attached to their pets. And and you learnt everything that you should have learnt from your family. You learnt from a dolphin and the family, I the did. dolphin family. I did. Well, if you yes, uh, I did. Yeah. yeah. And I've always loved animals. I, I I'm a, I'm a huge animal lover, and yeah. uh, I I will always work to protect them. I, animals have gotten me through some very dark times. Even when I was living at home, mm -hmm. we had a dog and a cat and a budgie. Yep. And I would spend a lot of time with my animals outside as companionship because there was yeah. an unconditional acceptance that you just don't get from people, quite frankly. Yeah. Matt has a question for you. He was going to... Well, I was just going to say that, you know, dolphins are unique. And I, I was studying, uh, I was working on a PhD and was attending a conference in the United States at, at NASA. And it, it's common that the, the Paralympic Center of their brains process complex emotions just like we do. And, and a dolphin is a bottlenose dolphin specifically, which is actually the kind of dolphin that's in the um, River. Yeah. Port River, has the mental capacity of about a three-year-old. Um, they've done studies and they found like where they put a little dot on the dolphin's head and they found that 
you know, the dolphin will look at it so they're aware that their reflection is themselves, which most animals are not. Very, very few are. And they kind of look at the dot kind of like a teenager looks at a pimple in the mirror. So... Listen, you I know, know they some 30-year-olds yeah, don't yeah. know that yet. They, they, yeah, there, there is, there's a huge benefit of, you know, protecting the species and, you know, learning from them. I mean, some some people, not many, but some scientists believe that in some ways their intelligence may be superior to ours. And uh, as you mentioned before, dolphins and, and pets overall, you know, increase people's lifespan. They've done studies with uh, veterans as well, you know, that have undergone post-traumatic stress. Uh, one of the first things they do is they get him, get them to have a relationship with an animal, and they find mm -hmm. that solves a lot of those issues. So, because uh, they make good friends. In the next section, if possible, I'd like to discuss uh, something that I think is important, and hopefully we're not treading on any toes here. But my father was the head of the domestic violence unit in the Chicago in the police department. He was a top sergeant. And one challenge that he always had in these situations, he would beg, literally beg women to get out of the situations they were in, uh, but they just didn't have the courage because in their minds, it's scarier to leave because they've been browbeat and think they're worthless and they can't provide for themselves and so on and so forth than to stay and be abused. So if at some point you could talk about, I know that you pushed your mother out of the house basically in a good way. And if you could talk <laughs> about how women can get the courage mm. to start again, I think that would be a huge yep. benefit to somebody that's listening because yep. that is a huge obstacle they have. And the most important thing, and, and like I said, my father would beg women, you know, to, to get out of the situation and say, listen, I don't want to come back here and take you to the morgue next time. Yeah, but so, that's um, the problem. A lot of people didn't have the support or don't have a support and don't know where to go. Well, yeah, yeah but now mm, a lot nowadays, of them have yes, the support, yes. but they, they need to have the courage. You know, because, I mean, you can help somebody out for 15 or 20 minutes or an hour, yep. but if they're going through a situation where they're getting browbeat for days, hours, years, you know, and they have a low self-esteem, it doesn't help. Okay, we'll take a break and we'll come straight back. Merrily Hollow is with us now, all the way from Melbourne. And <laughs> look, I really appreciate you being with us today. Please stay with us for a little while longer and we'll come of straight course. back after these commercials. Thank you, Ron. Yo. Ciao, Armando Paradiso from Unique Stone. Delivering quality stone tops to South Australia for over 20 years. Granite. Marble, Caesar Stone, Unique Stone, Granito, Marmo, Caesar Stone, Unique Stone. Thinking stone bench tops to your kitchen, bathroom, or furniture? Unique Stone at Jacobson Crescent, Holden Hill. Call us now, 8266-2280. Unique Stone, we won't be beaten. Come on, che stai facendo? Yo, chiama adesso. Lo sapevi che l'82% delle persone richiama più facilmente il nome di un'azienda vedendolo scritto su carta che in una pubblicità sui social media? Continua a valorizzare i metodi più tradizionali, toccare e tenere nelle proprie mani biglietti da visita, calendari promozionali, cataloghi. Maria Studio Printing è il tuo partner creativo di stampa e di marketing ideale. Si occupano di graphic design, sviluppo web, gestione di stampa, routing CNC e 3D carving, fotografia commerciale e riprese, offrendo consegne nello stesso giorno o entro tre giorni lavorativi. Maria Studio Printing può portare alla luce i tuoi progetti e crescere la tua impresa è facile. Per saperne di più, chiama l'8352-1268. 
Join me, Ron Fiedler and Karen Fiedler each Saturday morning from 9 to 10am for Talking Real Estate. Your guide to real estate in Adelaide and South Australia. We'll bring you the latest local real estate news, interviews, tips and advice from property experts. Plus, report on the Italian property market and let you know about the week's open homes and upcoming auctions. And don't forget, I'll be bringing you my open home of the week. On Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM, Talking Real Estate, every Saturday morning from 9 till 10am. Be in the know with Adelaide's local real estate show. Radio Italia Uno, sito internet www.italiauno.com.au Seguici anche sulla nostra pagina Facebook e Instagram. Radio Italia 1 Hi, I'm Matt McQuinley and you're listening to Happy Business with Peter Salerno. Thank you, thank you for staying with us and thank you for listening to us on Podcast City. Thank you to Ron for helping us with that and of course if you're here in Adelaide or anywhere around Australia and you want to do a podcast, get in touch with Podcast City Adelaide and uh, Ron would love to help you with any podcast that you want to do, conference seminars or whatever. I just want to say thank you to everybody to please support the people who support us. Please support our sponsors. Please support all the all the businesses that we're advertising on Radio Italia Uno. And most important, if you're a business and whatever business you've, you're in and you want to get some radio advertising, now is the best time because here at Radio Italia Uno, we are giving special rates for people to advertise their business to kickstart out of COVID and make 2021 their best business year. And of course, there's a business that I'd like to say thank you to, which is La Bottega down at 181 Torrens Road, Ridlington. They have a beautiful little shop down there, lots and lots of continental foods. And of course, they're opening up a pizza bar as well. So alongside their a whole range of Italian uh, cooked foods. They've got uh, pre-cooked foods. You can go down there. Matter of fact, my wife and I went down there the other evening and we bought some cannellonis, lasagna, you know, cooked and, uh, you know, those chilies or peppers, you know, stuffed peppers and a whole lot of Italian food there. But also they're opening up their pizza ovens. So you can go down there and, and do that. Now, our special guest today, and we are so happy to have Melody Horrell is on and we've been talking about her uh, childhood uh, we're talking about child abuse we're talking about family abuse and and domestic violence is on the paper everywhere but the reason why we're talking about it we'll say well what are you talking about that on a business program the reason why is because there are a lot of people out there who have gone through domestic violence or are going through domestic violence who are working in factories and businesses and, and offices and shops and all the rest of it. And if their owners, their business owners and their co-workers had some knowledge of the fact that they were going through this, I think they would be able to be more tolerant of the people around them. I think that they would help them and support them in so many, many ways. Because we were just been talking to Melanie how a lot of people didn't have support. And Matt mentioned how his father was a, a sergeant in the police in America, in Chicago, and he would go back and what would he say, Matt? I don't want to come and take you to the morgue. Mm. <laughs> I think that's it about. Now, Melanie, are you still there? You can hear us? Yes, Good. I can indeed. Good. Now, what I'd like to ask you now is, you know, you've gone through all this stuff. Now, 99% of the women and it would use this as an excuse 
you know, they would say, woe is me. Maybe, you know, let's say 90% of the people would say, woe is me. I've got a reason for not succeeding. I've got a reason for not doing this or that or whatever. But I want to know from you, what was it? What's the guts that, you know, you bit your teeth in and said, right, I'm going to do this. What was it that made you want to conquer your self-esteem? What was it that made you want to, you know, break out? There's something in you. You know, you, you've got a little iron lady in you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. Yeah, interesting question. And I have to say, I just did not want to end up in the same situation as my mother. Excellent. I just saw this situation that she was in and I didn't want to be that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I And I think that it takes some soul searching and courage, you're right, to go, actually, this is not for me. This, this is, I'm not going to be a victim. Uh, I didn't want to be a victim. In fact, I have become a strong woman because of my past and I don't consider myself to be a victim at all. I have learnt a lot. I pride myself on my compassion and I think it's actually made me more, a more compassionate human being, to be honest with you. So it wasn't one thing. It was just not wanting to keep the situation perpetuating. I, I just didn't want to do that. And the only way I knew of getting out of this hamster wheel that I was on mm-hmm. basically was through education. I, and I needed to get mm-hmm. myself an education and that's what I did. And I paid for myself and I didn't get any help with that. I went and did it and just worked just about at every Italian restaurant, including Miley <laughs> Pasta Palace for many years in Adelaide yeah. to support myself. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. So, you know, Tony and all those other people there. Oh, Tony Mel- Giusio gave yeah. me a job. Yeah, he's a lovely guy. Yeah. Melody, in the small amount of time that we have i I just i really feel that if we can get make an impact on one person listening to this then the show has been a success so how can a woman in that situation you know get the courage to make the change i mean like we talked about before the break a lot of times it's just as scary it's scarier for them to go out on their own because they don't have the self-confidence the belief in themselves they've been beat down uh, mentally just as more than physically even or just as much and they just can't see a way out of their situation so what can we what can we do or what can others do or even someone that's listening in that situation, how can they get the courage to make the change that they need to make to get out of that situation so they don't end up on the news? Well, firstly, I think others need to speak up when they see something wrong. In my situation at home, the whole street basically knew what was going on at our house, but we hadn't, uh, as I said, domestic violence was something you didn't talk about. So no one actually came forward and said, is there something wrong here? Whereas nowadays, I'd like to think that if somebody saw some um, some violence going on in the family home or some uh, traces of violence on a woman's body, that that you would actually say, is everything all right? You'd have the courage to ask if, if everything was okay and whether they needed some help. So I think people are more open to doing that now than perhaps they I were don't think when they I are. was younger. I don't, you don't think, they, think are. they are. No, I don't. I'll tell you why. Because directly across the road from my place, 
there was um, a, a couple there that moved into a, a flat or a house that's being rented, and all the neighbours, you know, were out in the street or take the dog for a walk, or whatever, talk about it. Oh, they're always screaming, they're always fighting, you, you, you know. But nobody that I know has done anything, right? Wow. That you know, they See, all they all talk about it. They all seen the police cars there. They all seen the ambulances there at night. But I don't think any of the neighbours have gone across and said hello. Look, can I help you? I, honestly, I think I was oh. the only one uh, in the whole street and in that area because at the dog park, everybody talks about it because you have to walk past their house to go up to the dog park and they hear all the shouting and screaming inside. Um, their dog is tied up and is always barking and keeping everybody awake. And I, I honestly believe I was the only one that ever went up and said, hey, do you always keep your dog tied up? You know, you've got room there. And I talked about the dog. And then I, I, I asked her about her situation. And shortly after I did that, I, I noticed that they had moved out. But she was That's saying... That's very she disappointing. Was, yeah. No, I tell you, I, I think today people still mind your own business. And unfortunately, <laughs> that's a problem. I'm, I'm talking to somebody now, like I mentioned to you before during the break. There's a community here in Adelaide that I've been asked to do a presentation to. And I've done a couple of presentations to the leaders of this particular community. We're, we're going to put together a whole training for them as a group and talk about this. So I may even ring you up later and get, some, get some more advice from you. you know? I hope you to pop over to Adelaide and help if you like, Peter. <laughs> yeah, I might even have to do that. You know, <laughs> we'll have to get a sponsor for you. But um, I think the thing is, though, that, okay, let, I, I'll take your word for it. I, I'm, that really disappoints me because I'm one of those people that would knock on a door because I've been there. I've done that. Um, That's I, I, Honestly, I, I, mm. I, when I spoke to all the neighbours around in my uh, area that I speak to, I, I honestly believe I was the only one that actually went across and spoke to the lady when I saw her out the front, you know. And even I was a bit hesitant, but I thought, no, I've got to do this. I've got to do this for me. I've got to do this for other people as well because I will learn something from it, you know. Yeah. Well, in in that case, then, I think that women generally, they they should reach out to get some support. There's a lot more support out there, a lot more help. It's a phone call, uh, uh, support from their friends, support from, yep. uh, there's a lot of government initiatives now. Yep. But I also think that sometimes you've just got to find that inner voice. You know that, that yes. inner voice yep. that well, goes, We'll come back and doing? talk to you about that. We'll come back and talk to you about that in just a minute. We're, we're going to... Um, uh, take a break and come back from our sponsors and then we'll come back also with uh, Matt's motivational moment because he's got a really good story he wants to share with us today and we'll, Meryl will come back because unfortunately in Adelaide as you may have known this child nine month old child was murdered the other day by the father who had mm -hmm. custody and jumped over a wall and landed 44 meters down and killed mm -hmm. the baby that's just that's domestic violence at its worst you know yeah. And, and the, the chap in Queensland who killed his wife and burnt her in the backyard. I mean, that's yeah. like, that shouldn't happen in any country, let alone in Australia. But, no, I agree. All right. Thank you. We'll come straight back. At Elders Insurance Adelaide East, our mission is to provide outstanding service and superior coverage to each and every one of our clients. With over 30 years of experience, we treat every client with mutual respect and understanding. 
will listen carefully to your specific needs and requirements in order to develop insurance solutions with a level of service and coverage you can't find anywhere else. Elders Insurance Adelaide East is a family-owned and run business with Italian tradition which is built on honesty, integrity and trust. Make an appointment today and go and see Tony and the team at Elders Insurance Adelaide East, 54 to 56 Kensington Road, Rose Park or telephone 8364 9477. We're an authorised representative of Elders Insurance, underwriting agency, Proprietary Limited, Elders Insurance, underwritten by QBE Insurance, Australia Limited. Now it's time for a mentoring session with Happy Business Radio. Every week we bring you a little motivational story to uh, just to motivate you and make you inspire. And this week we've asked Matt to do the story. So Matt, over to you. Today I want to talk a little bit about ignoring the critics. Now, of course, it's always important to take constructive criticism, but as far as I know, no one has ever erected a statue to a critic. <laughs> I was thinking about this the other day. I was thinking about a lovely young lady who was told by Columbia Pictures that she would never, ever make it in the film industry. Her name, of course, was Marilyn Monroe. Then I was thinking about another fellow who got fired for never, ever having any creative ideas and also went bankrupt seven times when he started his own business because no one else would hire him. His name, of course, was Walt Disney. Then I started thinking about other entertainers. I thought about a young man who was told by Decca, which was one of the largest record labels of the time, that he had no talent and he needed to go back to driving a truck. His name, of course, was... Elvis Presley. This guitar band was told that guitar bands are on their way out. No one will sign you. That band, of course, was the Beatles. If we move to literature, this author was told that his work was not suitable for publication, and he received 27 rejection letters by publishers. The 28th one, a very small publisher, accepted him. That man's name was Dr. Seuss, and that was Cat in the Hat. If we move to politics, this politician lost, not one, lost, nine out of 12 elections. But he's remembered for the two he did win for president of the United States. That man was Abraham Lincoln. This man was told by his instructors he was too stupid to learn. That man was Thomas Edison, who's credited with over 1,300 inventions, including the light bulb and the phonograph. This PhD student was told that his thesis was fanciful and irrelevant. He was discouraged but not defeated. His name was Albert Einstein. And where I'm sure that no one has ever erected a statue to a critic, I'm sure that all of these people have several statues erected to them. Radio Italia Uno. Hi, I'm Matt McQuinley, and you're listening to Happy Business with Peter Salerno. Wow, what a very, very interesting show today. And look, it's been fantastic, but please support the people who support us, Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM, and Happy Business Radio. I know that a lot of the guys from overseas who are listening to this program may for a little minute think that this doesn't affect them, but please, in your country, like every country, and in your household, like every other household, there are people being abused and misused all around the world. So, you know, if it's not in your household, help somebody else in the next door because I'm sure there is people all over the world that are getting abused and misused all the time. So we're talking about 
specifically here about business and how somebody who's gone through domestic violence uh, from a child or domestic violence uh, from a marriage relationship or whatever, how it affects them in business. I mean, how can you be productive? How can you be motivated? How can you have self-esteem if you've been abused all your life? And that's what Melody has been uh, a shining light for people now. You know, we're going to um, tell her story to everybody we talk to because, you know, I, I really appreciate what you've done and how you've grown out of it and how you've achieved so much and still achieving. And one of the things, I know that Matt's got a couple of questions for you, but before we go to that, I just want to know, what's the next phase of your life? You know, what, what's, <laughs> well, I've taken what are you a... planning to do next? <laughs> well, I'm planning to see, to make sure that the Port River Dolphins actually, the situation improves for them. So yep. I'm still talking with the state government and hoping uh, that they will uh, change things up and introduce uh, new um, laws to make uh, the Port River a safer place for the dolphins. So I'm still sort of working behind the scenes with that, but I'm actually now involved in. I've taken a step away from my full-time work, which has been as a media and communications manager for some years now, and uh, I've now got myself involved with a online startup. Uh, it's a new startup and uh, it's completely different to anything that's out there. And I'm very much a big believer in storytelling. I love storytelling. I love people sharing their stories, which is one of the reasons that I got involved in this platform. And for everybody who's out there who'd like to have a look at it, it's called The Informer. That's The Informer, all one word, yep. dot TV. And none of us are getting paid. It's uh, We're all doing it for nothing at the moment. And I've stepped away from my full-time job for a few months to try and help bring it up to speed and to get things moving. So, because be, I do believe that we need an alternative. I do believe that people need to tell their stories, that we need to see different faces than the usual ones that we see mm -hmm. on the news, hear different stories than the ones that we usually see on the news. So it's that sort of online news platform. Okay. Is that and that's George, what I'm doing. Is George Zanikian uh, yeah. involved in that? Yes, he is. Actually, okay. George is the one who, who sort of dragged me into this. Yeah, I bumped into him in Melbourne. Hmm. Oh, it was just after Christmas. And he said, hey, you know, I think you should get involved. So basically, I stepped out of my full-time role and uh, have decided that, yeah, actually, I was lucky enough to get a voice. I Good use my voice. Good. So I want to help others have one too. Good on you. Good on you. Now, Matt's got a question about this because we've only got a few minutes left. and But we're, this is so important that we need to let everybody know this. Well, like we talked in the previous session, uh, I, I think that something that's very, very important, and I'd like to know if you agree, uh, is that the women themselves, even though there's a lot of help out there and help is offered, they need to have the courage to take it. And a lot of times when you're in that situation because you've been browbeat, uh, you get in a situation where you don't believe uh, that there's a way out of it. Mm. You know, you just mm. they just can't see it. Mm. So I what can what can we do to help uh, them help themselves? Because if if the woman won't get out of the situation, then there's nothing anybody can really do. Uh, look, I'm no psychiatrist but I can tell you what helped me mm -hmm. and that perhaps may help others for me it was finding 
that inner voice, like listening to that inner voice, knowing that the situation was wrong, knowing that it was not going to get better. Circumstances were not going to get better. So if you cannot change the environment around you, the only thing you can do is change your own behaviour towards it and your reaction to it. That's the only thing you've got control over, right? Mm, mm. So you you understand that, that the situation's never going to change and that the only thing that can is you. So for me, I came to that realisation that my home life was never going to change and it was unacceptable. Therefore, I had to trigger a change in direction with my mother, which is what I did. And it was finding, look, mum uh, was initially reluctant and she was scared. But you have to dig deep and find the courage and everybody has it within them. They do. And it's it's uncomfortable and it's scary and it's hard. But at the end of the day, you've got to ask yourself, how long do I want to be in this situation? Is it's not getting any better. That's the thing. It's not getting any better. <clears throat> yes. So therefore... The only person that can change my life is me. Mm. Yeah, I think that's the situation. Um, with the people that I've talked to and the people that I'm talking to at the moment and helping, um, they say the same thing, you know, but unfortunately, culturally, they've got a situation where they say, you know, uh, you've made your bed, you lie in it. You know, he's my husband, what do I do? How do I leave the children? I can't take the children. He won't let me have the children. But today there's a lot of agencies out there that will help, you know, and... Yes, you've got to ask for that help too. And don't feel too proud to ask for help. We all need help at stages in our life. Yeah. I've had help from my friends, from uh, my lecturers, the people that have supported me along the way. Goodness me. Yeah. I, I'm so thankful for that and so blessed for it, but I've also asked for it and yeah, I've been lucky enough. I think that's the big thing, that you've asked for it as well, you see. Yes, and you can never be too proud. Don't some ever people be here, too proud. A lot of people here from other communities and other nationalities, I and mean, even locals, they don't know who to ask, you know. And unfortunately, um, just recently, I said to somebody, what about ringing up this, num this number or that number? And they put them onto another agency and another agency and another mm. agency. And look, just Friday night, on Friday night this week, I spent a half an hour, just over a half an hour, on the phone waiting for somebody to answer it. And after a half an hour, I thought, no, I'm not gonna, they're not going to be able to help me. And then I rang up another agency and it took over a half an hour and I thought, well, I've waited already. I might as well just leave the phone there. And I went on with my work and the phone was going bling, 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 bling the whole damn time. And eventually it took three quarters of an hour or almost an hour before somebody said, hello, sorry, we've been very busy. And, and well, they weren't able to help me. That's the worst part about it. Mm. You know, two I different agencies. Yeah. I, well, I guess this is where the community comes, it becomes so important mm. and, and community-based support groups become so important. Yes. I would really like to see more community-based support groups, well, no, so we'll not necessarily to... relying on, 
you know, the government to supply these things. Okay, to, I tell you what, to... Melanie, we're going to have to bring you back and bring you back. <laughs> and when you come to Adelaide, we'll lock you in the studio with us and we'll record a half a dozen podcasts. <laughs> Look, this it is... This, honestly, unfortunately, this is a never-ending story, but I think there is, there is a tunnel or a light at the end of the tunnel, you know, for some and so. so many people such as yourself and, and your great help today and what you've said today will inspire somebody to move forward, will inspire, hopefully it will inspire somebody to move past their self-esteem issues and their uh, worthlessness that people are told and put down all the time and it makes it really, really hard for them. But I just want to say thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Matt and I, Matt's there with his, you know, jaw drop. Didn't normally ask a lot of questions. He's like puzzled. I think it's important when something somebody has something intelligent to say to let him say it. <laughs> so I didn't say anything. <laughs> uh, normally he interrupts me all the time. So obviously mm. I don't say anything intelligent. But mm. but see, that's what I'm saying. Look, my show is not about me. My show is about my guests. I want to make it about the guests because the guests are the ones that are teaching everybody. When we're talking about business, when we're talking about self-esteem, when we're talking about all these things. That affects business. It affects productivity. It affects sales. It affects everything. We have to go because we're way over time. But thank you so much to everybody that's listening. Thank you so much to Ron for helping us to podcast. And Matt, thank you. And Melody Horrell, thank you so much for coming on. All the best with uh, uh, the Informer TV. And uh, we, we hope to keep in touch. Thank you. Of course. Anytime. It's been a pleasure. Thank uh, you. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. And Talk to you next time. Thank you. Bye. Bye. You have been listening to Happy Business Radio with Peter Salerno. Catch our show every Monday from 2 to 3 p.m. on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Today on Happy Business Radio, we discussed domestic violence. If you need help or support, contact the National Domestic Violence Service on 1-800-RESPECT, which is 1-800-737-732. If you are in immediate danger, just call 000. Listeners seeking support can contact Lifeline on 131114 or Beyond Blue on 1300 22 four six three six